Hey, welcome back to the Flip Flapping Podcast. We're so excited to have your mother flipping face here with us on this gosh darn, I don't know. You're the best dad cusser I've ever heard. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. I don't know where I was going with that. Well, it, it does lead matter. me to ask the question. You guys have particular words that you use in, in to sub for profanity? Yes. You do? Yes. So before my grandfather passed away a couple of years ago, we were playing cards one time, and he was on this very clear track of like not trying to cuss anymore, which his favorite word was, shh, I won't say it here because okay. I don't want to do the work later. <laughs> but instead of saying the word, he says, not shucks, but shuckins. Shuckins. And it revolutionized my vocabulary for the rest of my life. <laughs> It's never, awesome, but I feel like it definitely has a 60-plus rating on there. Like, you got to be over 60 to say shuckins. You, you heard the beginning of the podcast. I'm very, very okay with you, cussing like a grandfather. He's very well-versed. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. Those are always funny to me, though, when I hear grown men say say things like that. What do you like, say? Darn it to heck. You're like, <laughs> just... Dag, flab it. Just come on. Just <laughs> let, it, let it out, man. It's healthy. Just what do let you that say? stuff what do you, out. What do you substitute with? Um, I say shoot a lot. I think, you know, especially now that I have I have children. But you give it like three. And Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but you give it like three, because like you, you censor your shoot original word yeah. multiple times before shoot finally comes out. Yeah, there are certain environments where it is extremely appropriate to have a, a word to substitute. And oftentimes you do have to go over the top when you do that. You guys are making me feel horrible because I don't often substitute any of you them. You don't have a sub word at all? <laughs> no, like at home I'm like... You're, I just, I you're just let them ride, silence. Man. Yeah, I just let them ride. I'm like, you know what? I want to be authentic to my children. Oh, so you're gonna let out all of your profanity? So my kids, it's funny to me because they come home and say, "No, we don't cuss." So do you have? Do you actually Horse, have a? Huh? Do you actually have a savings account for your kids' future therapy? Is that how that works? Uh, well, <laughs> no. I'm we too busy had, paying for mine. We had one. <laughs> We had one. That's great. That's great. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about this more. I think I need a word like shuckins. Is that how you say it? Shuckins. Yeah. Shuckins that uh, I could just own, that it would be mine. But it's very emphatic and very angry. Just use shart. Shart? Yeah. It's kind of like kind of in there. But no, I think, not, I think shart is actually a word that implies that It does you, imply. That's the beauty of it. It's not the word, but the implications therein. But, but often, it's also an awful word. Yeah, but when, when people say that, I think it's an indicator that that's actually happened and they need help. <laughs> <laughs> right? Good call. Good call. So, I don't know. I'll find, we need to uh, like not make the listeners try to follow along as I'm so figuring out. So email in with your word that you substitute for your profanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is something we could bring up this week is that we're getting dangerously close to releasing this website that we've been working on for a while. So we've got some really... It very well could be out by, by now. We yeah. have no idea. We have a... Uh, yeah, that's right. I don't know what week we're in. I'm still reeling from our camping yeah, this, trip. This is from 2019. <laughs> we've got some heavy hitters that are involved now. A fellow hangar man, Mr. Luke Campbell, is actually involved with us going on with our website. And uh, so, I don't know. It's I'm starting to be proud of it in a way that we released, which would open up the channels of communication for our listeners to reach out to us and not have to find track us through us Facebook <laughs> or track us down through, I don't know, Pigeon or however that works. 
So we're moving into our last week of the hanger characteristics. That was just a sharp turn there, but I have no... A sharp turn? A, sh- a no. sharp turn. Uh, I have no other idea about how to do That's that. That's how you know it's turned for the worst. <laughs> it's just a cry for help, really. Uh, <laughs> so we're talking about... this. Is I do have to give the caveat to lead into this, that this is the most mode definition of any of our characteristics and it is basically his stamp on the hanger man characteristics because it isn't the first second third or fourth definition of this actual word it's not how it's used in military culture or in culture in general but it is a legitimate definition of what starts with r and it's not even one word i'm going to continue because it's got a hyphen in it so we're like the sixth definition of this word it's got a hyphen it's how we wrap everything up it encapsulates all the other things that we've talked about so far and that r word is ruck up ruck up which to me is like hey let's stop the episode here i understand what you mean hey take action it's almost Wait like a minute. we did a whole series on they've already done that they called it action so how does ruck up how is that differentiated from actually, and I did just use that word, from taking action? There's another part of this definition that you really want to focus on and ingrain in our culture. Yes, I love this phrase because we use it to talk about basically just pick it, pick up and go. Like, stop your whining, stop your complaining, get up, pick up your pack, and get moving. You know what I mean? Like, don't just sit there, uh, as one of our leaders says in Wamby Pamby land, um, and just... Try is, to, it, I, is that one of the leaders that lives in your imagination or somebody I live around too? Well, Philip, Philip says oh, Wamby Pamby Land? Yeah. I think I yes. might have added land to it, but. Wamby Pamby. He says it all the time. Yeah, wow. Like, where have you been? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Maybe it just doesn't compute and I've forgotten it. Like, like shucks. <laughs> no, every time he says it, you go. Really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. That's a mo moment. Um, anyway, so. <laughs> I was with you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Chase. You know. I just want to throw this out there into Go ahead. the public's eye. Go ahead. Since we haven't started reading yet. Um, I appreciate you, Chase. <laughs> every time every time we're in like a meeting or something, and I say something that nobody else understands because they spend zero time with me, it's Chase who always leans over and says, I'm with you, man. Don't I, worry. I, I understand what you were there. <laughs> I feel like the caveat is I also give you the most eye rolls, but <laughs> it's like it's a healthy balance. Like I earn my way with the thigh pat saying, man, I'm with you. So I can give you the eye rolls well, later part on. part of that is, is you know what I'm saying. So the eye roll is well-deserved uh, most fair. often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's anyway, paint so let, no, 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 no. Let's paint a picture for our listening audience about how these... How we're this, 10 minutes, by the way. How this, that's okay, because okay. we're going to go there. How this actually goes, we'll be talking about something pretty serious. And we'll, we take what we do very seriously. And Mo will have this look like he's doing long division. And, uh, and that lasts for about 15 minutes. And then he'll hold his hand up like this, like I'm, I'm about to say something. And you think it's going to be like very presidential or like this guy spent 15 minutes putting this together. And I'm like, I, sometimes I'll pull up my phone like I'm about to tweet this because this is going to be really awesome. Then he goes, I feel like uh, we're like the broken fuchsia crayon right now. <laughs> And then everybody in the room is like, I'm all, I'm set to agree with you, but I do not know what you mean. And then he follows it by saying, oh, is that out loud? <laughs> like, yes, it was out loud. You held your hand up and stopped the meeting. 
You were like Gandalf over there in the corner, and then you followed it with that. So, look, it's understandable that people get lost. But here's the thing about this definition you're about to read. <laughs> is that it has nothing to do with crayons. Yes, and we're very familiar with that. And you took some time to word it carefully. And, again, we'll say this week, these definitions are really holding water. So this one, this ruck up, even though it's a little bit off the reservation of what you would normally think when you hear that word, when, when you read the definition, we'll understand. Oh, a hanger man lives in authentic community. The hanger's call to ruck up is not just a call to action. It's a call to community. One easy way to identify a hanger man is that you won't find one isolated. Hanger men are constantly seeking authentic community. Dictionary.com refines ruck as a great mass of undistinguished or inferior persons or things. Though not inferior, men in hiding feel very little of themselves. The hanger man is an imperfect man in the company of other imperfect men who have come out of hiding and are ready to reclaim manhood. Not the broken crayon. (laughs) 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 So um, this, I love this definition because it's one of the things, this this is like the book I'm going to write one day. Well, you wrote it. Um, the book. No, I wrote the, the definition. I mean, yeah. Come on, keep up. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That one's my fault. I'll I take the blame for that one. I love this phrase of uh, like this inferior or um, seemingly inferior. Like the, the reason why a lot of us are in the positions that we're in is because we feel that the lives that we've lived or the things that we've done have disqualified us from living the life that we wish we could live for, for a lot of us uh, who are walking the Christian, the Christian walk, the Christian life. A lot of us feel like some of the things that we have done or can't do, you know, like think clearly all the time, um, disqualify us from serving in a way that we feel like we should or, or, or capable of serving or doing things to the degree that we feel like we can. Um, and what I love about that is that when you get those guys together, a bunch of guys who feel in some way inadequate, God does really awesome things. Like these are the men that God has chosen to use throughout human history to impact the world in a way unlike anyone could ever imagine. And when you get a group of guys who feel like they're not worthy, who feel like they're um, insignificant, and you mix Jesus in that, watch out. This is why this comes after, but it's so connected to the discussion around authenticity. Because if you have a group of guys that are together and faking it, none of this occurs. Because we're all, we all have that inferior feeling. What we say is that uh, community builds confidence. That's exactly what we're talking about. And if, I was mocking you, but if you look at all the definitions of ruck and ruck up, you're actually taking a rucksack. I mean, this is where all this comes from. Ruck means to gather. You have a lot of stuff gathered together, and you've put it in a bag. This is what the military is talking about, or the go ruck, the races. I have a lot of stuff in one place, and it's on my back. This is exactly what we're talking about. And that definition goes even further. For a lot of those things, independently, they're not worth much. But when you put them together and they form a larger whole, they could actually help you survive. This is what we're talking about with authentic. We always say these two words together, authentic community. So we are calling hanger men. You say in this definition, it is going to be very difficult to find a man who identifies himself as a hanger man isolated in his life. 
In fact, we have had lengthy discussions, you and I, that if a person, if a man identifies himself as part of the hanger community and is a hanger man and he chooses to isolate, then he will be stripped of that label. That's how important this is for us. If you decide to be a hanger man, you will be sharing life with other men. And you will be contributing to a larger community because isolated by yourself. And and this sometimes in these definitions, we have to go all the way back to our roots as Jesus followers, as Bible believing men. We don't ever want to feel like we're excluding people who aren't there yet or may never be there because masculinity, we believe, is expressed whether you believe Jesus or not. You're living a masculine life, maybe not the best one, but you are. And if you're listening to us right now and you're not on the Jesus train, but you are learning something about being a man, congratulations, and we're glad to have you with us. But we roll all the way back to the original story, the most ancient story where God, who is in control of all this, thankfully, says it's not good for man to be alone. I think we could take that one phrase and probably revolutionize what's going on inside of the masculine movement. Because a lot of what's happening around us is we have all these websites that are popping up and podcasts that are popping up. They're focusing on things that men could actually do by themselves. And we are saying, no way. I don't care how, and sorry, I don't mean to be offensive to you on this, Mo, but I don't care how long your beard is. If you're growing that beard by yourself, I don't care how long you, yeah, these guys are checking. (laughs) Did you see that? Uh, whatever you're doing, if you're doing that in isolation and by yourself, uh, my proposal is you're not going to be able to, to live that way very long. Usually an isolated man implodes at some point. Uh, but we're saying we're going to gather together, exist within community. We're not going to be isolated. And there are lots of little things connected to that. But you're talking about, I just want to make sure that I'm clear on this. You're talking about actually physically men gathering in groups and talking about life, like what, what happens in the first step is to get together physically in a location to do what? Um, well, uh, I guess to, I'll answer that first, but it's just to, to, to do what we have been talking about since day one is come together and um, be uh, open, transparent, honest, really kind of lay. It's like we're, here we are, we're all here and we're putting all our stuff in the middle of the table. Boom. Uh, there's no secrets among us, you know, like we're, we're disarming ourselves completely. All my weapons are out on the table. You can trust me completely. Like, you know, everything I have, we're all in equal stance here, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I guess unless you're kind of like, like awesome at hand to hand combat and then somebody else isn't, but anyway, that's beside the point or wearing Um, chacos where it breaks down. (laughs) Um, So like, anyway, my point is, is that that's the, the first step. I think the first part of that, which you're asking is, come together and just kind of like um, be willing to, to, to start collecting the dots. And the way you do that is by putting them out there. Here's who I am. Here's what I've been through. Here's what I'm going through. Here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm afraid of. Here's what I want. Here's what I want to do about it. You know, these types of things that we're putting out on the table um, that are hard for men to do, especially, and I think personally to myself, it's hard for me to sit by myself and say, well, here's what I'm afraid of. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, because sometimes for me, it takes actually talking about it and having somebody else look inside, answer, ask some questions about this and that so that I can start really kind of putting the pieces together. Uh, so yeah, let me, don't, don't lose your train of thought, but I want to interrupt you yeah, there. Right. And, uh, <laughs> I really do mean that. I want to emphasize something that we touched on one episode, many, many episodes ago and saying that in using this rucking up language, 
we are saying very definitively that when men gather together, there is value in that. Even if I don't get a lesson about the Bible, or even if no one reads like something from John Maxwell about how to be a better man, I, I just run into this so much and it's starting to really, really frustrate me. So I want to use this medium to get that out, that there is value in men rucking up. Even if you don't get something that's like applicable to your life afterwards, or you don't, you don't get hit in the feels about something like guys are always asking me when I ask them to show up, when I'm asking them to ruck up, they, the, the immediate thing they start asking me is, what are we going to do when we're there? What am I going to get from it? What are you guys studying right now? And I'm like, wait, time out, man, just hold up. There's going to be things that will happen naturally in a company of men. It's how God has built us. There are things that naturally happen. Now, I want to address some people that are like, yeah, I know what naturally happens when men get together. It's dangerous. It's ugly. It's crass. Of course, there are those expressions where those kinds of things happen. You can't omit ruck up from all the other things that we've talked about for these past weeks. It has to be a gathering of honorable men, men who are willing to take action, generous men. If all those things are in place and you're rucking up with a a group of men that are like that, then we don't have to have a Bible story for God to teach us something. In fact, a lot of the Bible is men rucking up and God moving. That's what we're reading about. But we're unwilling to participate in that. I just want to put a strong word of caution out there for the men who are listening to this that think that you have to show up and like take notes and fill things out and go back and journal about them later. There are certainly environments where that is very appropriate and you need to be in those pretty regularly. But that doesn't need to be the only filter that you've got. I'm only going to ruck up if from that I can get life principles that I can then ignore, which is usually what happens. But at least I have them in a pretty journal somewhere. Yeah, my, I mean, I don't, I've, I very seldom open those journals again. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's once in a while I'll do it, but um, just, well, here we go, breaking the time barrier again. But just last night. When we I were was, camping out. Yeah, just last night where I was with my <laughs> hangar group and uh, we met, met at a coffee shop and we just hung out. I didn't have a topic. I didn't have this like well-crafted discussion. Uh, we just hung out and talked and what came up were those things that we needed to put out on the table. I mean, just in normal conversation, it was my friend who was struggling with this. Hey man, you know, he knows that I am a praying person that I will petition God for him on his behalf and with him. And he asked me, Hey man, I just need you to pray for this. This is something I'm really working through right now. And it wasn't, it wasn't a result of me saying, so where are you? You know, I didn't ask a, a formalized question. It was just, we were talking. It started off just shooting the, just talking. Breeze. Shooting the breeze. <laughs> shooting the breeze. <laughs> Let's not edit an episode. It, it was, uh, it was, it was just, you know, talking and it, it led to that stuff. And by the end of it, we were both refreshed, had a good cup of coffee, had some good conversation. Um, and we moved on. We prayed before we left, but we were, we were, we were revived. You know, we, something happened there. And I think as a result of it, here we go. I think as a result of it, something is going to happen as a result of us meeting together, praying together, um, being open with one another. Uh, and, and I mean that even emotionally vulnerable, like, man, this is really messing with me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, emotionally. And I don't like it, you know, being able to do something like that, um, is going to result, I believe in a supernatural act. 
I mean, that's just the way it's going to work. God does crazy things when people, when men get together. I mean, he says it. He says it. It's in the Bible. He talks about gathering together. I'll be there when you guys agree. I'm going to, I'm going to work. You know, it's like, it's pretty awesome stuff that happens when men rock up. I could not agree more. And I think as I'm listening to you talk, I'm just getting more and more fired up about this in that God does do incredible things when men, men get together. And it feels like, and I, I love this, just meets my personality. It feels like we're turning the clock back a little bit. Cause if you go to back to generations of men that came before us, they spent a lot of time together doing very mundane things. And a lot of times they weren't exchanging a lot of words. I mean, we were, I'm doing uh, reading through some Bible stuff with a, with a group of men. And one guy said about his grandfather, uh, we shared a lot of time. We didn't talk about much, but here's what I learned. And I thought, man, we have, we've lost that. We feel like we have to go into every environment. If we're going to ruck up, there has to be a speech. And I see so many guys are listening to speeches. They're not doing crap with that. But a lot of it is we don't have, it goes back to authenticity. We don't have a lot of confidence that we could just be with other men and God could do something through us, with us, in the midst of us. You know, I think we have to be able to recover this. This is part of manhood. We've got to reclaim. I want to be able to answer when guys ask me, and I think I'm just formulating this now. Maybe, maybe it won't work. But I think when guys ask me what's going to happen, I need to be able to look at them straight in the eye and say, whatever needs to, that's what's going to happen. I think that sort of confidence might actually be attractive instead of, well, we're going to go through this study on, you know, looking the man in the mirror or whatever it is like, Oh my gosh, that's the last thing I need. But it's the thing that they're asking for. That's, that's kind of the trap that we get caught in. So when you're, when you say ruck up, there wasn't anything in there that I recall about in, in order to study or in order to listen to speeches, it was just a grouping of men that recognize that they are inferior in a lot of ways, but there's something powerful in the binding together. Man, it's where you grow the most too. I mean, if I'm thinking about going out on some sort of expedition, you know, uh, that could potentially be hazardous or dangerous. Um, I want to go with a group of guys who are experts. And the way I'm going to learn how to do it, the way I'm going to learn how to be an expert at it, um, isn't necessarily by reading a bunch of books on the subject or anything like that. I mean, maybe there's some value in that, uh, in knowledge. I mean, I, I like books. But I think standing with those guys, walking with those guys, having those guys showing me, avoid this, avoid that, Doing the things that those guys do is what's going to help me grow to becoming an expert in whatever it is I'm doing. So I mean, that's just a picture I have in my head is is a new guy coming along with a group of um, seasoned um, adventurers, right? And he's like, "Look, I want to do this. This is something I want to get my uh, to to be a part of my life. I want to be a man of adventure. Um, take me with you." He's like, "All right, well, just stick with us." Don't wander off on your own because you're going to die out there. Stick with us. We'll show you the ropes. And then eventually you'll be leading another group of guys that's going out there. You know what I mean? Yes. So, so it's important to be a part of a, of a group, a part of a ruck, so that A, you can grow, A, B, you can teach, um, but also it keeps you safe as you do. And I say safe is, is relative because there's always a bit of danger for a man who's living an adventure. But um, it's a way to learn. Uh, it's it's I'm... I don't know. Maybe it's the way to learn. Maybe I shouldn't say it's a way. I think it's the way to learn because um, knowledge applied is the only valuable knowledge. You know, you can have a bunch of information in your head and be an idiot. You know, it's it's what you do with that information, and I think experience outweighs education. 
Yeah, dare I say. (laughs) No, I I think you're right about that. And this is also biblical too, you know, as you're going along the way, when you're walking the road, all this stuff shows up in the Bible too. But I do do want to stop and address because I think we're getting better at this as we're discussing what the hangar men are and are not. Uh, Everything that we've talked about so far could happen in an unhealthy environment. Mm. So you have to kind of figure out. So I know I mentioned it before, but I want to loop back to it just a little bit. When you get involved with the ruck, and they're, they're everywhere. I mean, we can ruck around Harleys. We can ruck around guns. We can ruck around golf. We can ruck, I mean, all those things we can, we can ruck around. But you have to have some filters in place to, to think and to question, are these honorable men? What sort of actions are they taking? Do I experience them as generous or is their generosity the kind that has strings attached? Are they noble people? Do they, do they act with nobility or are they acting as, as commoners that haven't received this level of adoption? One of the most beautiful things that happens inside of a ruck is initiation. That's a lot of what you're getting to, but it is very possible to be initiated into something very horrid. Mm-hmm. In the South, we experienced this very directly with the KKK. They were initiating young white men into something terrible, and it took root and changed their worldview and caused them to judge people for the color of their skin. And this still exists, uh, not only just in the South, but everywhere. And if you go to different countries, they have their own versions of it. So you must be very careful who you're rucking up with. And I think this is where we can lean into the military language, and this I do this at my uh, at threat of great peril with Justin sitting here. But I think this is something that the military has figured out. They get groupings of men together and they teach them a particular way. And there's a code of conduct and you are able to be dishonorably discharged from service because of particular things. And there's a concern about that. But, but I think deeper than that, because those things can happen just by happenstance, there have been men who have fallen prey to that where it really was, it was just kind of a squirrely thing. There's just a way that soldiers operate with each other, and they're, they're constantly, I believe, having that measure of trust with one another, and they're entering into a contract. The fact that soldiers all dress alike, that isn't just because it's convenient. They're creating a cohesive unit that can trust each other. I think we need to do this as men that are operating in civilian society as well. Uh, this is My dad used to say this to me all the time. You need to be very very careful who you hit your wagon to. And there's a lot of wisdom in that uh, statement and that who I'm linking up with, eventually that's going to bleed over. I mean, have you ever had this experience where you meet a guy and then you meet the men that influence him? You're like, that's why that guy says that. That's why he's so passionate about that. That's why he wears his hat backwards. You know, those sorts of, that got real personal, didn't it? <laughs> he flips it around. Um, there's, there's, you, when you meet the men that are behind the man, the man makes more sense. And I think we have to be very careful about this dynamic. We are saying inside of the hangar, all of the things that we discuss about being a man will be present there, and we're willing to be tested on that. And if we ever depart from it, then we have a group of people within the ruck. Here's another thing that maybe we could start making the turn on the episode now is that accountability is a huge part of rucking up. In isolation, there's nobody to hold me accountable. There only People deal with consequences of an isolated man. But when I'm in a ruck, people can hold me accountable and, 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 and keep me from going to that place where my life explodes or implodes because I'm within a, in a community, within a group. You know, I think that's a lot of what happens inside the military, too. We're there together so that they can be safe, the right kind of safe. It is a very specialized soldier that goes out on his own. And he is 
proven himself inside of correct me if I'm wrong about this with a nod or a shaking of the head or something, Justin, but that man who goes out by himself has proven himself within the group a long time before he's sent out on his own on purpose anyway. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's, it's good stuff. That's it's, Accountability is what I see you searching for. Yeah, Accountability well, is what I was talking for. Yeah, it's just it's dangerous to do it alone. I mean, it's it is. It's more dangerous. You don't have people watching your back. Um, and I and washing. It's hard. I, I definitely heard washing. Yeah. Washing. And I don't also, think they do and, that. And also watching. Watching. You know what I mean? Would be the. Um, if you get big enough, it's kind of hard. It is hard to wash your own back. Hey man, could you wash uh, my back? <laughs> That'll get you kicked out of the ruck real quick. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, it's loud. It's um, it's spreading. <laughs> the uh, the yeah, I'm gone. I lost it. Go ahead, Ben. You were you were going to address accountability, and maybe we don't need to just drone on and on about this. Yeah, you're getting ready to the, kind of land the plane. There. Yeah, but what I'm saying is there are things, and this is the big the big premise. And I'm kind of at the end of of this series, wanting to really sell a cohesive system, not just one particular week. But there are things that happen within a a ruck that will not happen otherwise. And there are things that are good for the man. Accountability is good for a man. We have a bad taste in our mouth about accountability because we get it from our bosses and we get it from our wives. Those are not the ways that we deliver accountability inside of the hangar. Uh, We have skin in the game, but it isn't for a paycheck and it isn't to get in bed. Those those complicate things. When you're sitting in a company of men and you're receiving accountability, at least as I've experienced in the past five years, it has been delivered uh, with strength, with love, with honesty, and there's buy-in on the backside of that accountability to make sure I can figure out how to live in a way that doesn't distance me from the ruck, that doesn't get me out there on my own or by myself. Now, we've had a couple of guys that have chosen over these past years to go out on their own, but here's what happens 90% of the time. They're going to loop back. They're going to come back to the ruck, and this is another part of what's so beautiful about the hangar is that you can distance yourself from the grouping of men but because of the way that god receives us back in after we've separated ourselves we're going to receive men back into the rock well, i'll tell you what when when it comes down to it if somebody comes and takes something of value that's mine i'm gonna get my posse together i'm gonna get a, a group of men a group of of, of men that i know i can trust in this type of situation and we're going to go together and we're going to go get it back. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, do you know what would, if if someone were to, to, if I knew if someone were to take one of my children and I knew where that person was, I would get the closest people to me who are men of action, who I know will go in guns blazing if necessary to get back. What's mine, what I value more than anything. And you know what? That's what we're doing when we're at, we're calling men to ruck up. Is we're reclaiming manhood. Manhood has been stolen. It has been hijacked, and we know where it is. But we sit back, pacified, looking at it, wondering when we're going to get it back, or wondering if we're just mourning the loss when we know where it is to go get it. And we're saying, come together, be men of action, and go after it, and get these guys. That you're, that you're walking with. Get these group of men that you trust, and we're going to go by force take it back. Uh, I'm going to misquote this, but in the Bible it talks about that the kingdom of God is at hand and forceful men lay hold of it. 
like going out there and being a man of action and grabbing hold of what has been given to us by God as a gift. I believe it's a gift to be a man is absolutely, it is absolutely necessary to have a group of men willing to go after the same thing at all costs. Thank you.